Welcome to the 112th episode of the Young Terps Podcast from the Viner 4Gate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's Young Terps Podcast, we're hitting all of the topics. We're talking about Bruno Fernando being selected in the NBA draft, Maryland football recruiting news, and much more, including my recap of the Old Line tailgating golf tournament that was today. But before we get into all of that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known dining at Allied since 1995, located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV. Contact Allied today for a free, no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067. Or visit them on the web at AlliedPartyRentals.com. We don't have a rundown this week, as it is the dead June month of college football. Well, we do have a rundown. We don't have the non-rev report, which is usually what we kick it off with. Alright, that's fair enough. So our first topic on the list today, Quantrez Knight, former Maryland defensive back, had his NCAA waiver approved for immediate playing in 2019, citing depression symptoms due to the environment he experienced at the University of Maryland football team, in the full ESPN story written by Adam Rittenberg, he cited incidences of fearing for his life, crying himself to sleep, and several other mental health issues that prevented him from enjoying his time around the team, and he eventually feared for the life of him and his teammates. This is interesting to me on multiple levels. Now, after Quantrez Knight decided that he was leaving the Maryland team, which was after about three games into this past season, I saw Quantrez Knight at the University of Maryland, specifically during football practices, during the Ohio State game. But I also would like to say that I really don't know what was going on personally with Quantrez. The Durkin and Rick Court uh, team really doesn't seem like, from a lot of the information that was put out, that they were doing great things for these kids mentally. So I'm not going to say that's not true. I'm just going to say I saw him around. And you got to keep in mind, though, he played the amount of games, less than four, that it takes to keep your year if you decide to transfer. And then he was seen hanging around the team by me personally. It was Quantrez Knight. I know what he looks like. I've seen him around before, and he was there after in street clothes. Just seems maybe a little bit off to me, but I really don't know the full story, so I'm not going to make any outrageous claims. ...that I would personally do if I was fearing for my life. Um, as we move along here... Maryland keeper, or sorry, former Maryland keeper, Zach Stefan, captained the U.S. national team, sorry, the men's national team, I'll be more specific, at the Gold Cup last week against Trinidad and Tobago, and then captained them for a second straight game against Panama during this last week, also in the Gold Cup. It may be women's soccer season here in the U.S., but uh, Zach Stefan doing great things on the men's side. Yeah, and it seems like they got a little roll going in the Gold Cup, too, so that's good to see the Terps, Zach Stefan, and Omar Gonzalez out there supporting or I should say, representing the U.S. men's national team and trying to get that soccer team back on track. Maryland football locked up four commits in the past week starting off. We'll kick our list off with, I'm going to call, I'm still calling him four-star Penny Boone, the running back from Detroit, Michigan, who held offers from the University of Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Tennessee, Nebraska, and others. And let me tell you the reason why our notes say three-star and I call him a four-star. He was a four-star when he committed to the University of Maryland. Then 
the about a couple hours after ESPN, who isn't the greatest recruiting site as we all know, downgraded him to a three star, dropping his composite ranking to a three star. I think that is completely and utterly ridiculous, and I think they're completely going for the brand name of the school. Okay, I actually recently read about how scouting websites rank players, and an actually an article about John Morant, the basketball player, and they're saying, and they basically said that the way they rank these players is some guy from a scouting service. We'll look at them tape for about five minutes and give them a rating. It's kind of arbitrary, and I think that's true. And I also did notice, of course, that Penny Boone dropped right after he committed to Maryland. So, oh well. From what I saw, he has good power, sharp cuts. Not exactly the fastest guy in the field, but a good power back. Um, and, uh, like, I think what's interesting here, this quote here that he gave to Pressbox says, it really does heap praise on Mike Loxley. He says, of Loxley, it was something like I can get close with this guy. He was saying all the right stuff, everything was falling into place. If you talk to him, you will see, okay, this guy isn't like other coaches. What does that say to you, Mason? It seems like what he's selling to the t- top-tier level boosters of, or, or to everybody at this point, because he's really active in Twitter. He's probably the most active uh, football coach on Twitter that Maryland's has ever seen, and it's actually him. It's not. It's not the interns. It's not guys that are stupid enough to tweet out quotes from Mike Shoshevsky on the uh, Maryland head coach's Twitter account. Thank you, Randy Etzel administration, for that one. I like what Mike Loxley's doing. He's talking about that football family. He's getting his message out to everybody, and he's really selling it to these players. And that's that's really what the key to it is, because I don't think we've seen. A coach here, and I don't think you'll see many around the country that tell the same things to the players and try and sell on those principles that they're also selling to with the fans. And I think that's the great thing that uh, Michael Loxley's doing in the Maryland football program. Also, um, quick correction, this was the last two weeks, not last week of recruits. But all four of these guys are not from the DMV, which I just think is really surprising. I'm not upset about it, but it's just really not what I was expecting with Loxley era. Yeah, the next guy on the list is a three-star corner. Tarheep Still from New Jersey. The Terps beat out West Virginia and Baylor for Still. A six-foot guy who uses his size to his advantage and reads the field well. Now, this I key in on for this Maryland defense and what they're trying to build on as one of a perfect guy. Uh, if you look at the Maryland defensive room and Gossett Teamhouse, they had the spring game press conference in there. They have the words aggression on the wall and I think this is one of the guys that will fit that system really well. Really long corner, uses his size to play the ball. This is the perfect guy to get aggressive with on the defensive side of the ball. Well, his high school coach talked to Dave LaMonica of Tavern Times recently, and he mentioned one of the reasons that he felt comfortable sending still down 95 to College Park is he knew a lot of the guys in the roster. He knew Elijah Brooks from a high school coach's game a while back. He knew Corey Robinson from his playing days. He just the connections were all there, and that's one of the things I think we really highlighted back when we were talking about some of the coaching staff. Yeah, the next guy on this list is three-star safety Shane Mosley from up in Pennsylvania, brother of Maryland safety Jordan Mosley. He ran a 4-5 40 at the Maryland camps. The Terps coaches saw what they liked. Obviously, the family connection is in there. The Terps, the only Power 5 offer for him, but really a great athlete from everything that you read about him and see from his highlight tapes. A good athlete to put in this Maryland secondary, and I'm thinking punt returner, kick returner, 
special teams guy. The upside's definitely there, but he's really raw talent. One of the first Pennsylvania guys we've gotten in a while, though I think we got at least one other one in this class. Good to see us expanding up the East Coast. And speaking of the East Coast, another New Jersey native next on the list. Yeah, and that is Nick DeGenero from Princeton, New Jersey. The Terps, again, the only Power 5 offer. And what I'll tell you guys about that is I heard something interesting today from Todd Carton at the Old Line Tailgating Golf Tournament. He was talking about a volleyball commit that Maryland got, and uh, the Terps coach was out recruiting with another coach, and they were watching this club game, and the other coach tells them, you know, man, I'm going to go out and recruit that girl. And then he goes, too bad for you, I already signed her. I think that's what Maryland's going for with some of these guys. I think they're getting to them early and often. I think they're out recruiting the guys that fit their system. And that's what I'm going to say. Maybe these guys, you know, some of them, Jackson, uh, Penny Boone, you know, they got those offers. And then on the other side, you're seeing these guys that might not be as publicized and might not have the star ratings, but there has to be a reason why they're recruiting them. You know, Maryland doesn't need to be scraping these bottom-of-the-barrel guys. Because you know why? Because these guys that they're getting aren't. They aren't the bottom of the barrel. They're guys that Maryland's looking for select talents, and they're filling those in. All right, and I think that's a good impassioned speech on Maryland's recruiting strategy here. A quick, some quick quotes from Nick. Um, he sees himself as a slot receiver type, a change of direction who set up defenses. Maryland has not had a true slot receiver in a while, I don't think. Yeah, and we'll get to something a little bit later with Sean Savoy. I thought that's what they were going for with him, but it seems like he's flip sides of the ball for the Terps. We'll talk about that in a minute. And the one other thing, Mason, I want to throw out there for you, this quote right here. Maryland is definitely the top school for me. I loved it when I was at camp at the first time I was there, and this time it was even more thorough from Terrapin Times. That's your thing, Mason. He wanted to be here. Yeah, that's another thing that I think the staff's doing a great job about, getting guys that want to be here, getting guys that talk up the program and give quotes like that to our friend over at Terrapin Times, Dave Lamonaco. All right, uh, just something else to breeze through. Football numbers have been released for 2019. For the um, rookies, sorry, not rookies, freshmen and transfers, um, worth noting, Kasim Hill is officially off the roster. His number has been given to a walk-on quarterback. So not too surprising, but I, I'm kind of disappointed only because I had such high hopes for Kasim back when he was a freshman. Yeah, even last year. Uh, going into it and really seeing the way they played against Texas, even though, you know, it wasn't the best performance, a few touchdown passes. The word uh, around from the insiders is they found a great landing spot at a much higher pedigree program than anybody would have expected, but we'll wait for him to make that announcement. And, we're you know, no one's going to break that news. They're going to let Kasim do it because he has had a rough go of it here at Maryland. Yeah, the numbers, Nick Cross is wearing number three, Lance Dijon number four. Uh, you got Shaq Smith, number five. Josh Jackson, your projected starting quarterback, number 17. Tyler Marbury, number 81. And Isaiah Hazel, number 82. Of course, those are just some. You can find the full list at UM Terps. And there is one more update that we have to give you, which is a few Terps that uh, left the program. Most of them are being reserved. Obviously, you've heard of... You know, Kasim and um, Adam McClain. Other guys that have left the program 
are Andrew Park, who played tight end, guard Brian Plummer, defensive end Osei Sane, and one guy that was committed in the 2019 class, the University of Maryland, did not accept a lot of his coursework from his transcript, and that is Mitchell Agood. Um, on the same note, though, Virginia Tech wide receiver turned corner Sean Savoy, who Mason mentioned earlier, has been ruled eligible for the 2019 season due to recent severe family trauma. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. It's pretty brutal. You want to look it up, you can. But it is a completely fine waiver, in my opinion. Also, we should mention, this week the NCAA released new waiver guidelines. So this widespread transferring free agency, as people call it, will likely end after one season. And I think it needs to. Uh, in these major sports, I think it needs to. I think at the lacrosse level and at the um, you know the non-rev, as we call it on the show level, you can transfer. There isn't much. There's not. The stakes aren't the same. Despite what the NCAA wants to say and a lot of these college administrators, it's not the same. You know, football players are there and they're on national television. They're making the university money and we can get into the argument of whether they should be paid or not. And a lot of the reason, in my opinion, why they are not paid is because you have to support these athletic departments when you have a team like the UConn Huskies that took a loss last year. Yes, and even though it's not Maryland, I want to talk about UConn real quick, just because it's such an interesting case for realignment. So, Well, let me get to one more thing okay. before you talk about that. Okay. Uh, the Terps are waiting on one more waiver as of now, and that is, of course, a key, a very key, more important than Savoy, if you really want to boil it down to that, maybe even more important than the addition of Shaq Smith, which is Keandre Jones. they got to get it done. He's a huge piece of his linebacking core and pass rush, and Everywhere around this defensive uh, field, Keandre Jones is a starter. He is a key piece, and they got to get that one through. But, you know, it depends on – it's all about the name brand of your school. That's that's where I'll leave the waiver thing. Yes, and um, I do think it's very hard to separate the waiver argument from the players being paid argument because I think it's the same argument, actually. But we could dive into that maybe on a later date. So UConn, as we all know – Left the Big East in 2013, moved to AAC 2014, and they were often, and still probably still are, pegged as the biggest losers from college football, or not college football, college sports realignment of the last decade. And now, if you haven't heard, they're moving to the Big East. They are dropping out of the AAC for football, as they won't have them. Well, they can't stay. Yeah, they, that's what I just said. They, can't ha- they won't have them. Um, we'll see if they stay in Division One, move down to FCS, or just kill football altogether. It's, what do you think of the move, Mason? Well, I think that um, they had to do it. Their athletic department took a bath last year. They're hurting. Nobody wanted to go to their basketball games. Nobody went to their football games before, and they certainly weren't going when you're playing Tulane on a Wednesday night. That's a little bit of an over-exaggeration. When you're playing Tulane on a Friday night, let's say, nobody wants to go see that. You know, you're putting up a team... That's been a Northeast team that's taken on, you know, the likes of Penn State, Boston College, Syracuse over the years. And now you're sticking them against Houston, Tulane, Tulsa. You know, these teams that, let's be honest, UConn football might have not been in the best place. But under Randy Etzel, they won the Big East. Now you can say whatever you want about Big East football back in those days. You were still taking on West Virginia. Who was it? West Virginia, Cincinnati, 
uh, Syracuse. You were playing Pitt. You were playing some teams at least, and I think that UConn was a basketball school. And under Dan Hurley, they might come back in the AAC. But now, if you no, 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 let's be very clear. They had a meeting at UConn between the administration. They eventually brought in the trustees. They definitely had all your coaches there. And they said, why are we hurting? And I'll bet you the Dan Hurley, your basketball coach, said, we got to get out of this conference. This was an awful move. We're not going to get anywhere here. I've, ta- I've been out on the recruiting trail for this amount of time. And people are just saying there's no draw to the teams that we play, and the TV deal isn't good anyway. And, yeah, that's what I was trying to get to is that now you play teams who you want to see. You play Villanova. You play Xavier. You play Creighton. You play Butler. These are teams that, like, I would go want to see. And now you can pitch to those Northeast kids that you're going to play at home. So I think it's a great move. Um, a lot of people have been using this as a time to reevaluate alignment. And we, Maryland's been painted as a loser a lot. I don't know if that's true. That's a topic for maybe next week. But it's an interesting case, and we will certainly look at this further. Yeah, and I think it's interesting with Maryland, just really quick to wrap this topic up. How is Maryland a loser? When you really look at it, Maryland was considered a winner for actually a long time in this. Maybe up till this last year. I think I saw Maryland on the winners of realignment list every every single year. Every time one of these things were coming out, you know, Maryland fans might be disgruntled and there are negative people out there, like you, my friend, Jordan, Yes, that love to go off on this move. But on the national scale, Maryland was always painted as a winner. And I think this past year... I think we're in that grace period at this point where what's gone down at this university and it's still going down with the actual university, not the athletic department, what's going on with the actual university, it's still a complete clown show, that it's tainted everything that has to do with Maryland athletics. I agree, and we can talk about that more next week, and maybe we'll pencil it in now. But for now, we have a couple more topics we need to get to. So, I didn't know this was a thing, really, or at least to the scale that it was. Both Maryland basketball programs, so men and women's, have committed violations in the last two years that are going to be punished this upcoming season. I, I just, I'm, I'm at a loss for words with this. Self-reported to the NCAA. Well, not self, not, hold on. Not self-reported inside our own thing, we're going to assess our own penalties. Self-reported to the NCAA. Jordan, give me one program. One. One. I hate to go Stephen A. Smith mode. But give me one program that does this. One serious basketball program. You can throw out, I'll give you anything from like Wichita State. I'll give you Tulane. I will give you somebody in the AAC to the Big East to all the, to the rest of the considered Power Five. I just baffled. Baffled. Did you Completely have- at a loss for words. Who does this? You have schools that the kids don't go to class. You got schools that are hiring strippers for their recruits, and we're self-reporting things to the NCA. These yeah, people right. are clowns with no authority, and we are hurting our own program. Well, you're really going on too lane today, aren't you? All right, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not. I'm not a basketball expert to that degree. I, don't, I think there's very few of the people that are. But anyway, the punishments are. So I don't understand those works completely. But basically. Men's basketball had more coaches than allowed on the payroll, and they go no, about- not on the payroll, not on the payroll. That's not it. It was that your director of basketball operations 
So, Nima Omenvar, this would have been a great question for him. We had him on the other week. That guy can't coach during practice. He can coach after practice. He can coach in scheduled times or when the guys are just out shooting, he can go and give them tips. But he cannot give them tips. He cannot be coaching during the NCAA sanctioned time. God, that is ridiculous. I hate these rules. Um, the mo- there's a bunch of punishments. Uh, you can read them somewhere online. The most important one, the one that really matters to us, is the program has one less pra- hour of practice time during per week during the offseason and two hours less practice time during the season. Women's basketball committed one of the stupidest violations I've ever heard. Not that they did it, that it's against the rules. They committed the violation of sending personalized recruiting packets to recruits and personalized puzzles to recruits, and because of this, they will lose one scholarship for two seasons starting in 2020. Yeah, this is another thing, and this one goes to the official versus unofficial visits. These, This would have been allowed on an official visit. It is not allowed on an unofficial visit, as ridiculous as that sounds. But there is a reason. The official and unofficial visits, I understand. This, I do not. This is dumb, stupid, and idiotic. The NCAA has a bunch of, as we all know, dumb, stupid, and idiotic. Fill in your own adjective as explicit as you want it in there. It's It's just... You know, it's time for change, and it's time for reform in this, and, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on right now at the NCA, and I would advise everybody to keep track of that, because I think with this California thing, and you can go out and read about it, I guess it's on almost every news site, you could start to mark the end of the NCAA. NCAA needs to go. I think anyone, even if someone who's not exactly for playing for players like Mason Degrees, NCAA just needs to go at this point. It's ridiculous. Um, some pro chirp news before we get to Mason's golf tournament experience. Jake Lehman, oh, the Trailblazers made a surprising move today. They officially signed Jake Lehman's free agency tender, which means he is restricted going into 2019's NBA free agency. Why is that surprising? Be- well, okay. hold on, you got to give the background. This is why I don't think it's surprising at all. Right now you have the cap hold, or the qualifying offer, as it's, I guess, called, or used to be called, or now goes along with the word cap hold. You have that, that's $1.9 million. If you're signing Jake Lehman for $1.9 million, that is a steal. There's no, uh, there's no other way to put it. That's a steal. So it makes sense to me. I think the Trailblazers want to be able to get in that offer from if the team decides to offer them whatever the expected amount is. I haven't really heard much about it. I think I've heard it's somewhere between like 6 to $10 million. It depends on the team. Some cap-rich team out there might just throw him a inflated offer. They also might, a Western Conference team may throw him an offer to force the war, the Blazers to give him up just because they don't want them to have it. Uh, for those who don't know, which is most of you, I assume, the Trailblazers are only $4 million away from the luxury tax line, and they have much higher priority free agents than Jake Lehman. So if, they throw, if someone throws Lehman an offer over 3 or $4 million, he's almost certainly gone. Yeah, so there it is. That's why I think they threw out that offer. You're not, in my opinion, I don't think it's very smart to let a guy that can be restricted go unrestricted. If you have him restricted, you can always release the cap hold. You can always open up that $1.9 million, make him an unrestricted free agent. And at this point, you just get to see what offers he wants to accept to try and match it. But I think Jake Lehman is staying in Portland. I'll leave it there. Uh, we've got one more thing to get to, and that is Bruno Fernando is off to the Atlanta Hawks. He was picked 34th in the draft with a pick from the 76ers that was dealt to the Hawks for three draft picks. So they traded three draft picks for Bruno Fernando. 
Hey, the Hawks are building quite an impressive team down there, and the NBA draft, no, or sorry, the NBA TV guys covering the draft called this a steal and part of the great draft the Hawks had. Look, I think he's a good fit there. I th we all know at this point the Hawks are on the rise. They have three Terps now, Herter, Alex Len, and Bruno Fernando, and I, I don't know how he fell out the first round exactly. It is worth mentioning that the first center in the draft only went 19, and there wasn't just there wasn't viewed as a high quality group of centers this year. But well, that's still. not true. Jackson Hayes won six. Oh, I forgot he's a center. Yeah, okay, traditional centers more maybe more accurately. What do you think of Bruno at the Hawks, Mason? I like it. I think that the what they traded for him obviously showed that they really want him. I think that's always important when you're looking at a second round guy. Uh, he gets to go down there and play with his. You know, friend Kevin Herter, I think that's a really solid move for him. I think he's going to have opportunities to make a splash down there. You know, Alex Len did have a good season. We do have to acknowledge that. Bruno's definitely not going to be in the running to start. I think he is in the running, though, to get playing time. I think that with Alex Len and Bruno Fernando, and Fernando can shoot it, obviously, more than Len. Len is not a shooter. He's a down-low center, classic kind of guy. Fernando's got to learn a little bit how to stretch the game, stretch his game out. Maybe, you know, I've seen him shoot it. He can shoot the threes in practice. He's got to learn how to be an NBA center. Center, as you like to say, Jordan, is the biggest learning curve for the NBA. I think Bruno's in a great spot. He's in a spot where everybody, where it's generally a young team that's going to practice, they're going to work hard during and in the offseason. It's not going to be old guys taking breaks. This is the perfect place for Bruno, who is a guy that needs to develop his game into the NBA side. All right, um, and one more question just for kicks here. So the Hawks have turned have had one of the most impressive rebuilds in recent NBA history in such short well, time. Well, not yet. Not yet, but they're looking promising. How long do they make the playoffs, in your opinion, Mason? I think it could be as soon as this season, honestly. You're looking at a team that has Trey Young, Kevin Herter, if you really want to focus on the Terps, Kevin Herter, who's an all- you know, he's all in rookie second team. Trey Young, who's, who's in the running for the rookie of the year. John Collins, the guy from Wake Forest, who, unfortunately, Maryland didn't really ever get to see. I would have loved to see Maryland and Wake in the ACC Big Town Challenge game, but we never get to see that. Um, yeah, really young, great core down there. I think that this year they really picked it up by the end of the season. It depends, though. I think they could make the playoffs as soon as this year. But they're also in the selling mood. You got a guy in Dwayne Dedman, who, in my opinion, he's a center. You can sell off for some draft picks to a team that wants to win. I think you can see the same even out of Alex Len, even though I think they like him. You know, you're looking at a team that wants to sell. They want to keep their young core. They want to keep building draft picks that they can lend later trade in a move for a big-time star. It's just the East is just so wide open that a team that can shoot it like the Hawks could make a run. And that is our NBA segment for the day. Meanwhile, the Wizards have had a pretty decent draft, in our opinion. But unfortunately, John Wall, Bradley Beal were sitting by the pool this year. Yeah, and they are not playing golf. But before we get to today's golf, this podcast is also brought to you by Watercrafters. Watercrafters in Gaithersburg, Maryland has been providing swimming pool supplies and services to the Montgomery County area for the past 35 years. Watercrafters' highly skilled service staff can open and close your pool, as well as provide new equipment installations, repairs, and weekly service. The Gaithersburg Retail Showroom has everything for your swimming pool, including chemicals, parts, and fun accessories. 
visit the Watercrafters Retail Showroom in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at www.watercrafters.com. If you weren't at the pool this summer, you might be hitting some golf balls. Mason was at the golf course today. Yeah, I got a chance to head out to the Old Line Tailgating Club Golf Tournament, hosted by, of course, the man himself, Ben Page. What an event. It was great. Damon Evans, Matt Monroe from uh, Maryland Athletics, along with uh, Don Miller, were out there playing some golf with the guys. Uh, Don Marcus, a friend of this show from the Baltimore Sun, was out there. I ran into Todd Carton. Just a great group of Terps that are really dedicated to putting kids in the stadium on Saturdays in the fall. So uh, there's an auction out there. Uh, any cool auction items you saw? Yeah, as Ben told us on the show, Steve Francis signed jersey, Stefan Diggs signed jersey, a bunch of other great stuff. Uh, Chick Hernandez was also out there. Got to um, drive the golf cart around the course, taking pictures of the guys, getting some video together to get the message, that great message that Ben Page gave us on our last episode of this podcast out there. To more Terp fans that want to help get those kids into the stadium for the Howard game and, of course, the Syracuse game. And if you're taking thinking about going up to the Temple game, Ben and the Old Line Tailgating Club are setting up a bus trip, three buses leaving from different parts of the Maryland area, setting up a tailgate up there at the Link in Philadelphia, and, of course, heading into the game. They'll have a Maryland section. Hopefully in the club, Ben is still working out the details. But if you want any more information about the great work that the Old Line Tailgating Club does, you can check out their website, oldlineclub.com. See any Young Terps fans out at the event, Mason? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I ran into a good friend, Mark Murphy, who's a listener to the show, and a bunch of guys that that tune in and know the Terp Talk name. And it's really, I love seeing fans of this podcast and of all the other work that we do out and around the university and at the games and all these great events. But this was really a great event put on by the Maryland Golf Course. It was in great condition. If you're looking to get out to play that course and, you know, you drive by it during the winter, and because it's Bermuda grass, it doesn't look too good, it is in great condition. It is a great course. You know, we're working on saving that course from becoming a parking lot. That would be a real shame. This is the first time that I've ever actually been out on the University of Maryland Golf Course, and it would be just a real shame to see that turn into a parking lot. And I really hope it doesn't happen. Well, um, it sounds like fun, Mason. You hit any balls out there? No, no, I'm in a rebuilding phase with my golf game. I wish. I think I'm at a point where I could have played today, but, you know, the spots fill up fast for such a great event put on by such a meaningful cause to so many Terp fans. I'm looking forward to next year. Next year, after I take a trip down to, you know, Jacksonville for this next school year, I will be in, um, hopefully prime shape. I'll, I'll learn from the Florida golf courses and, of course, those great guys out there in Florida that get to play year-round. All right, well, did one more question. Did Ben achieve his goal? Yeah, I think so. I'm waiting for the final numbers to, to come in. I believe the quote at the uh, at the lunch was, if you guys didn't spend uh, too much of our money on free beer out there today, which they did have, they had free beer during the golf, that uh, we would be able to reach our goal. Well, I really hope that is true. Look forward to having Ben on the podcast soon, and thank you for coming on le- last week. And uh, Mason, I think that'll do it for this one. Yeah, and as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors of the Young Terps podcast, Viner Forgates in Rockville. For all of your business IT needs, Viner Forgates is the place to go. You can reach them at 301-251-2900 or on the web at the number one, Viner. 
Rentals.com and Ally Party Rentals in Beltsville, Maryland. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast now for, I believe, we're coming up on um, two years or one year? I think one year, but we might have to double check that one because I keep forgetting how long we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we thank Ally Party Rentals for their sponsorship. For all of your party needs, big or small, Allied can tailor the perfect plan for you. You can visit them at AlliedPartyRentals.com. And Watercrafters in Gaithersburg, Maryland, for the past 35 years, providing top-of-the-line service for your swimming pool. And, of course, a great Gaithersburg retail showroom. You can visit them online at their new website, still www.watercrafters.com, or in the Gaithersburg Air Park. Jordan will be back next week, 4th of July week. The PLL is swinging back around to the area, to Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, we're taking the trip down to Florida for the 4th of July, so we won't be able to make it. But we will have either Dan Morris or Kyle Bernlar, both of them are Whip Snakes players on the podcast, to talk about their time at Maryland and, of course, the new things happening around the lacrosse world with the Premier Lacrosse League. Looking forward to it. Until then, keep cool. It's going to be 90 all of next week, so, you know, don't sweat your show off. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's enough for us for tonight. Uh, as always, thanks for listening, and now you all know that that's why we don't do a comedy podcast. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Uh, have a great weekend, and we'll see you before the 4th of July. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>